Man, you talk about football and a love of football. Matthew Collar proclaimed when he was in college that he loved football more than sex. Man, that's pretty intense right there. Mr. Purple Insider himself, he joins us next here on the Lake Show, courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Baker Hotline. How you doing, Matthew? Well, I kid, I kid, I kid. I'm just gonna say this: that um, I was, I was, I was in college when I met my wife, who is uh, oh, my really? first real girlfriend ever. So I can't say that I love football more than that. In college, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. I did not know that backstory. You guys met in college? Yeah, yeah. She, oh. uh, I actually, met, she was a, she was a freshman, uh, and uh, we went to colleges that were close to each other. But I had a friend that went to her college, and I was a uh, junior. And uh, yep, we met, and we actually our first kind of sort of date was playing one on one basketball because she was a D three basketball player. Wow. All right, well that I mean that's I love the I love the story now. I feel I hope, I hope now, you now, win. now now I feel now I feel terrible because I'm I'm like oh gosh you're right I'm trying to be funny and no, I'm like, you don't. You I feel I feel dirty all of a sudden anyway anyway let me step away from that how you doing Matthew? Uh well you know I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> no offense man I wasn't trying to offend you I wasn't trying to offend you. No I right. know I know I know I do love football that's for sure. Oh gosh all right so and here I go I'm going against you know. Davis here in fantasy football, and of course, this goes a touchdown for the Buffalo Bills. Anyway, my my night's not going to be ruined by fantasy football. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, the New York Jets, the very first thing that I want to ask you about is just, man, I mean, Sauce Gardner has been remarkable. Like, he's he's been really, really good. But we got a pretty good whiteout by the name of Justin Jefferson. And the Jets overall defensively, like, they're men. Like, they're really, really good. When you look at the Jets' defense, wh- wh- what do you think makes them so – I don't even know if dominance the right word. I mean, you, you can describe them however you, you view them, but what makes them so good? about beastly? Beastly would be maybe the way I would describe them. Yeah, I think that, well, for them, it's, it's, it's everything. I mean, they are a complete team when it comes to defense. I mean, it starts with Robert Sala who I believe is one of the best defensive minds in the entire NFL. Uh, you can ask the Minnesota Vikings what they think of him after playing him in the playoffs in 2019 and just getting stomped by his defense in the San Francisco 49ers. And then he's built this defense in a very similar type of vein where this team has a bunch of different pass rushers. I mean, are you familiar with the stylings of John Franklin Myers? You might not be, but he's been one of their best players. Quinnen Williams is an absolute monster, but they're running lots of guys out there. Carl Lawson, who they signed last year, and he got hurt. Um, Michael Clemens. like They got different guys that I think that most people haven't heard of who are coming off the bench, so he's got that rotation of deep pass rushers. And, th- and that's one of the reasons that I think their secondary has been so good, and that's not to take away from Sauce Gardner, but there is a cause and effect when it comes to pass rush and how difficult the uh, things are in the secondary. And I think that there's only one way on God's green earth to stop Justin Jefferson, and that's sacking Kirk Cousins, right? Like that we saw that uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, that you can't get the ball to Jefferson if you're face down in the grass. 
uh, or the turf. And so I think that that's going to be, you know, the Jets' strategy. It's going to be everybody's strategy. Is how can you get after Kirk Cousins as fast as possible? How can you blow up some of these play accents that they use? And the Jets have the defensive line to do that. They also have multiple good corners. They made one of the best signings in the NFL that hasn't really been talked about a lot. But DJ Reed is a corner that was a free agent this last year, signed a very reasonable deal with the Jets, and he's been phenomenal. So it's not just Jefferson versus Gardner. It's Jefferson versus the pass rush, Jefferson versus DJ Reed. You know, can they move him around to get him away from those two guys? But even then, they have a decent nickel corner and, and good linebackers. So, I mean, this is like the complete deal. Trust me, with their quarterback play, they would not be 7-4 and four if they didn't have one of the best defenses in the league. All right, so Matthew, with that being said, the how concerned are you for the Vikings and Kirk Cousins and protecting Kirk Cousins because of how stout and strong and beastly um, that Jets defense is? Because Christian Darrisaw is not going to play. Hopefully he's trending in the positive direction. I know I saw him last night at the uh, the Wolves game. Justin Jefferson was at the Wolves game last night. So, so Darrisaw hopefully is on the mend. But how concerned are you about that uh, offensive line? I think it's a major concern still. I mean, uh, they did a great job last week of moving the pocket, getting Kirk Cousins in play action. I think they used play action on almost half of his dropbacks, which we haven't really seen that since Kevin Stefanski or Gary Kubiak. But I think that there was a reason why Stefanski and Kubiak loved those play actions and moving pockets all the time because they knew they had a flawed offensive line. And so O'Connell, that was his great adjustment that he made against New England. But I think this defensive line is more scary by kind of a lot than New England. I think New England had a, <clears throat> excuse me, had a great coverage unit and one good pass rusher in Matthew Judon, whereas New England or, or whereas the Jets, they've got all sorts of ways to pressure you up front. And the biggest one is Quinn and Williams, who is a legit superstar, one of the top guys in terms of pressures in the NFL. And oh, by the way, the Vikings have two guards that rank in the top five in pressures allowed. So that is that right there is the biggest mismatch by far of this game, Quinn and Williams versus the interior of the offensive line. And there's really no good answer for him outside of can you move the pocket, can you get the ball out as quick as possible and maybe frustrate him a little bit early in the game. But the Vikings kryptonite is still the Vikings kryptonite. So, I, I mean, I think it's a massive concern. It could look a lot like the Washington game where Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne just completely dominated uh, the interior of the offensive line and made it for a long day for Kirk Cousins. Talking to Matthew Collar, he covers the Minnesota Vikings for Purple Insider. He's joining us here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO on the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Um, and Justin Jefferson, all he does is just go out there and rack up just awards. Um, you, you know, it was revealed what earlier this morning that he was the um, offensive player of the month. Um, just what type of shot or where would you rank him on a list of, if you're a voter, of MVP candidates? Like, like how high on the list would you have him? Yeah, this is a hard one because the MVP, the most valuable player in the league, is always going to be a quarterback. And if you tell me anyone is more valuable than Patrick Mahomes, and <laughs> no, that's just bogus, right? I mean, that guy is that franchise, and he's the reason they're – the Super Bowl favorites right now, and, and there's no question about it. And the way that Tua has played, even though he missed a little time, I mean, he's putting up incredible, incredible statistics, and if he does that for the rest of the season, then, yeah, those guys are the most valuable players in the league, kind of hands down. But 
there is another award that they do give to other guys, which is the Offensive Player of the Year Award, which went to Cooper Cup last year. And I feel like that has become, in recent years, kind of the, hey, you're not a quarterback, but you're still wonderful award. And Justin Jefferson should be at the very top of that list. But as far as most valuable player, I mean, if you're taking it at what it is, even Justin Jefferson today said offenses live and die with their quarterback, and so those guys deserve to be named as the MVPs, and I think that that's right. But if you were trying to make a counter-argument to that, um, if you take Justin Jefferson off this team, they are 9-2 and two right now. What do they got, like four wins? If you take Justin Jefferson off this team, I mean, he has been basically the offense this year. Uh, surrounded around him. So he's as valuable as anybody in the league that isn't a quarterback. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's, mo- it's most no. valuable. It's not most valuable non-quarterback. No, no, no. I get that. that that's why I'm saying how far, how, how high would you rank him? Because, yeah, I'm going to have the quarterbacks above him. But when you start looking at other people that aren't quarterbacks, like, is he at the top of that? Yes. Okay. Yes. I think he is the number one non-quarterback in the entire NFL. And part of it is, you know, as great as Tyree Kill has been, that offense, has also relied on Jalen Waddell, whereas the Vikings, I mean, now that they have T.J. Hawkinson, we're starting to see him become a huge part of the offense. That's why that trade was so good uh, is because they needed another player they could rely on, but not in the same way that Jalen Waddell has mattered to the Miami Dolphins. I mean, this has been the Justin Jefferson show where he's going out there and winning games by himself at times. I mean, Buffalo is a good example, but what we saw against New England, I would say the same thing. He won that game. He put that game on his shoulders. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that he is the number one non-quarterback in the entire NFL for value. All right, so, Matthew, when I think about this weekend, there's always a moment in every single Vikings game that has me um, nervous and on pins and needles. And it's going to happen again this weekend, and hopefully it'll be just like all the other games this year. And it's that moment where Adam Thielen takes a tough hit or fall and he limps off or he's slow to get up. But then he finds a way to get back on the football field. I just, man, I'm, I'm hoping that we can gut this thing out and he can get to the finish line and, and he can make some more spectacular plays this season. But I, I have these, I'm holding my breath moments with Adam Thielen. It seems like every single week. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, the thing is with this team is so much that they've gotten away with um, being as healthy as you could possibly be on offense. I mean, they've missed, what, almost like no games outside of Christian Derrissaw on the entire offensive side. And with Thielen, he's clearly banged up. There's clearly a reason why he hasn't had that same sort of burst. But we're kind of going on like three years of that now at this point, and they just got to grind through it. And I think that, you know, what they did in the last game where they had some kind of possession receiver type throws for him. And then just one of those deep crossers at the right time to get into the end zone, using him as that red zone threat. That's where he's at his best. And I feel like that's kind of the failure here. Not that they've been a bad red zone team at all, but that's the guy. Like when you, when you talk about who Kirk Cousins really has his trust for, and also the other team, you see it when you watch it on tape. I mean, they're following Justin Jefferson absolutely everywhere. It's kind of like people used to ask, well, why doesn't Julio Jones score more touchdowns? Because every time they get in the red zone, they put three guys on Julio Jones. Well, it's the same thing for Jefferson, and we saw it last week. So, I mean, I do think that, I mean, he's still very valuable to this offense, even if he isn't putting up the type of numbers he did a couple of years ago. But if he goes down, 
KJ Osborne has had no chemistry with Kirk Cousins this year. Jalen Rager can't even get on the field. I mean, past that, it's Jalen Naylor. I mean, there's there's no depth. So this, you know, that's part of the the thing about going nine and two though, is if they want, they can you know rest him a little bit or mix yeah. some other guys in. Like they don't, and they'll have an opportunity at the end of the year, likely to sit everybody in that last game unless they're chasing the number one seed, which is possible. Um, but getting healthy going into the playoffs should be a priority as much as, I mean, they're trying to win these games. They want, they don't want to fall to the number three seed. They want to have the number two. They want to chase the number one. But also you have to be smart. And the same thing goes for Delvin Cook. I feel like they've missed opportunities to rest Delvin Cook sometimes this year for Alexander Madison, who's played, in my mind, very well this season. And it's kind of been like every game is close. You just have to ride some of these guys. But I do think that they need to sneak in some opportunities uh, to get them a little more rest. Final question for Matthew Collin for Purple Insider. What is the recipe for success for the Vikings this weekend, and how do you see this thing shaking out? Ryan Wright punts all day, man. Um, no, I'm only like 80% joking, but Ryan Wright is an absolute freak, so that has been very helpful for them. You know, I, I really think that it's kind of the same as last week, but you you can't just adjust one time and leave it there. You have to adjust every week, right? So they can't do the same things they did last week because now the Jets know you're going to do those things when it comes to the quick passing game. But how do you carry that over? And also, you know, they didn't have very much success with Delvin Cook running the ball, and it it almost hurt them at times. And they had to rely on some big plays because of it in the air. You need to hit one or two with Delvin Cook to keep this team at least a little bit concerned about the running game because when we've seen in the past Delvin Cook get shut down, that's when defenses usually have success. It, it didn't work out that way for the Patriots last week, but normally that has been the case. Um, so I think that that's a big priority. And also just this team has playmakers, and Mike White can get them the ball. They have to pressure Mike White. He was only pressured three times last week against Chicago because Chicago is horrendous. If they can get after him even a little, I think he melts. Yeah, I hear you. Hey, Matthew, man, have an awesome weekend, and I think that I will see you on Sunday at the stadium. Okay, sounds good, man. Thanks for having me, Henry. All right, talk to you. That's Matthew Collar from per- – whoa, whoa, whoa. What happened there? You're trying to get us all yeah, I'm, into I'm the tr- commercial break I'm, quickly. I'm, I'm trying to – Did I'm you try- fat finger it there? I'm trying to rush. No, I just hit the wrong button. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I'm, I meant to hit something with uh, the podcast. And, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Well, now we head into break and come back, and we'll do our Word on the Street. That's next. All right, it's time for Word on the Street. Oh, yeah, I think it's going to be a juicy one. We got some juicy topics tonight. So let's dive right in to Word on the Street on this Thursday evening. All right, let's get to it, H. Lake. Apparently, Dr. Oz has been desperately attempting to plot a television comeback after losing his race to Democratic rabble John Fetterman. Funny. An unnamed source said no one in the mainstream will touch him. You can't alienate half your audience with a political stance and expect to bring in an audience on your return to television. (laughs) Now, it sounds like Oz has impressed executives at Fox News and Newsmax, but no firm offers materialized. He's expected to return in small roles on the right-wing networks, However, sources say that Oz wants his own show, saying he wants a daily gig, but it's not going to happen. Another source said he's beating the bushes to revive his health-oriented talk show and groveling to everyone he knows to give him a break, but he's not making much progress. An insider claimed he can't even get a word with his former producers, 
course, Dr. Oz is a social creature, likes to hear himself talk, and that's beginning to dawn on him. He's just not wanted in Hollywood circles anymore. Wow. As part of that, that's, that's a pretty harsh quote coming from somebody in, the, in that business. Now, many critics have accused Oz's run for the U.S. Senate as opportunistic and self-serving. He had no real connection to the state and claimed the longtime New Jersey resident only bought Pennsylvania property in December 2021 because of his political motives. Why? I mean, I just don't understand the the whole point of being fake like that. Mm-hmm. Like he legitimately because he thought, OK, I'm going to get elected. Yeah, some people love it, though. And then when it doesn't happen, it's all bad for you. Yeah, like you can't he ruined yeah. and tarnish his career for for to yeah not you know what politics is not for everybody man it's not Carrie Lake I'm sorry it's not for you what and and I think that I think that Pete I think that these name individuals mm-hmm. have gotten fooled into well I saw Trump do it I saw Tuberville do it they think they can do it it's not it's I think that that's. I think that we're going to get away from the celebrity stuff um, here in the next couple of years. I really do, and, I, and it's not just it's not just Trump or Carrie Lake or uh, not even Carrie Lake because she didn't win. Um, Tuberville, yeah. um, Schwarzenegger. Walker. No, I'm talking about people that have won. Oh, Schwarzenegger. Won. Okay. Uh, who else? Jesse. Jesse. Yep. You know. Jesse, so yeah. I think that trend's going to start to calm down. Yeah, it, it's. It's one of those that you're taking a big risk by putting yourself out there. And sometimes, I mean, you made your bed. you got to lie in it. Yep. That's and, why people like Matthew McConaughey, as much as people have been, I don't think he's going to do it. No. I think he's smarter than that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Will Smith is all smiles again, and he and Jada Pinkett Smith were back doing movie star stuff for the premiere of the new film days after he called his Oscar slap on Chris Rock a burst of anger years in the making. Talked about this a little bit last night. Will and Jada get all done up Wednesday night in Brentwood, where they held the Emancipation premiere. They posed for photos on their way into the theater and held each other tightly. Aww. There was one moment that seemed like a loving callback to the drama of Oscars night, where Will kissed the top of Jada's head as cameras were flashing. Photo op. The event was definitely a family affair. Jaden, Willow, and Trey were all there to support their pops on his return to the Hollywood spotlight. Will's performance in Emancipation might be up for awards, but he told Trevor Noah he fears the film might get snubbed due to his behavior. Now, he's banned from attending the Oscars for 10 years, although he can still be nominated and even win. Mm. Yeah, Will's got some, he's got some things he's got to work through in life still. Like, that was a big mistake on his part, so he's going to have to deal with that fallout. Yeah, Uh, again. You gotta, you gotta reap what you sow, man. Yeah. You, you can't just go out and do things and expect everything to be, you know, copacetic. Hey, Jason David uh, David Frank's wife is sharing stories about what led up to a suicide. Of course, he was the uh, Power Ranger um, who uh, committed suicide uh, not too long ago. But she's telling a very different story than what uh, law enforcement sources say happened the night of his death. Now, Tammy Frank told People the Power Rangers start struggled with mental health issues and depression before, but she had no idea he was thinking about taking his life. She talked about that day, quote, it was meant to be a fun weekend getaway, and instead, I lost the love of my life. Jason was a good man, but he was not without his demons. He was human, just like the rest of us. Mm. Now, Tammy and Jason were in the middle of a divorce. She said they were trying to reconcile and decided to take a weekend trip. She said they got separate rooms because he snored. 
Tammy disputes what law enforcement has said that the two had argued so loudly. Hotel management had to come up and calm things down. She said they weren't arguing, but they were just having a good time. Yeah, sad story. Very unfortunate that that occurred, but um, wow. Yeah. That's sad. You, you hear the stories and you're like, I mean, mental health's no joke, man. It isn't. And uh, finally, Terry Bradshaw's family show the Bradshaw Bunch. Won't be returning for a third season. Never seen it. Now, and the reason has to do with Terry's help. Now, mm. production sources say the uh, E! show was supposed to be, well, it was actually renewed for a third season. And filming was supposed to begin last March. But around that time, Terry informed producers he had a serious health condition, which demanded his full attention. Not the time. Terry didn't give uh, specifics on his diagnosis, but he let producers know he couldn't move forward with the show. In the end, they say that the Bradshaws and E mutually decided to not go forward with the series. The network never disclosed, and the show was canceled. Of course, last month he revealed an NFL and Fox. He went in for an MRI, what he thought were neck issues, and that's where doctors discovered a tumor and diagnosed him with a Mark Hill cell uh, carcinoma, mm. a rare aggressive form of skin cancer. Wow. Well, wishing Terry Bradshaw the best. Um, I saw a trailer for his show. Didn't appeal to me. But, hey, I, I, you know, not trying to appeal to me, probably. Trying to appeal to those that are really into the reality bit. And that's yeah, not that's and, not me. Yeah. That's not and, I mean, he, yeah, he's he's going to do okay without it. But sometimes I, I kind of appreciate Terry saying I, I can't do it because some people would want that attention so bad. They're like, I'm going to go through it. And, you know, it's a detriment to your health. But he's, no, nope, he, he's putting himself in his, his uh, health first. And that's what he needs to do. Yep. All right, uh, that's going to wrap up Word on the Street. Coming up next, take a look at the local weather. And LeBron James, uh, he spoke yesterday, and I don't always agree with everything that LeBron James says, but there's a point in something that he stated last night about Jerry Jones that I think that a lot of people are missing the point. We get to that next year on The Lake Show. LeBron James, someone that um, I'd say he's in the limelight, one of the biggest sports stars in the world, a big-time celebrity that has done so much, right, in his athletic career, uh, businessman, um, entrepreneur. He just, I mean, well, he, and <laughs> he's so philanthropic as well. Started up his own school. I mean, he, he's, he's had a lot of things going on in his life, a, a lot of things, and I think that, the majority of the things that he's been a part of in his life have absolutely been positive. I can't look at one particular thing and say, yeah, that's pretty darn bad on LeBron James's part. Now, it it doesn't mean that I've agreed with every single take or stance or whatever, but he gets it right the majority of the time, I must admit. But yesterday or last night after their win over the Portland Trailblazers, In the post-game press conference, um, he expressed disappointment to media members in the room um, and said that he was disappointed by nobody asking him or the lack of questions with regards to that, that 1957 Jerry Jones picture, the picture of Jerry Jones and the whole desegregation of a school in Little Rock and how... Um, he was amongst the masses and the crowd that were standing there and didn't want to, um, you know, didn't want the, the school to allow the black students in. Okay, 
And he had a, a take on it last night that I don't think that a lot of us will necessarily agree with because um, I don't agree with everything that he stated in his take, but we're going to play the take real quick. But I think that there's a bigger point that LeBron um, touches on that everybody's missing out on. And why I haven't gotten a question from you guys about the Jerry Jones photo. But when the Kyrie thing was going on, you guys were quick to ask us questions about that. Okay. Um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I don't even want you guys to say nothing. When I watched Kyrie talk and he says, I know who I am, but I want to keep the same energy when we're talking about my people and the things that we've been through. And that Jerry Jones photo is one of those moments that our people, black people, have been through in America. And I feel like as a black man, as a black athlete, as someone with power and a platform, when we do something wrong or, or something that people don't agree with, it's on every single tabloid, every single news coverage, it's on the bottom ticker, it's asked about every single day. But it seems like to me that the whole Jerry Jones situation photo, and I know it was years and years ago and we all make mistakes, I get it. But it seemed like it's just been buried under like, oh, it happened, okay, we just, we just move on. And I was just kind of disappointed that I haven't received that question from you guys. I'm a LeBron James fan. I buy a lot of his merchandise in terms of like uh, apparel line and clothing stuff because he's got some clothing stuff that's that's not even um, Nike related. I think that his stance on a lot of different topics and things um, and his opinion, he's been pretty eloquent on a lot of different things. I don't agree with him here. Um, with regards to th- this entire the, the way that the way that I don't want to say that I totally disagree with him, but he's he's talking about being disappointed that he's not being asked questions by media members covering him in the NBA media about Jerry Jones. And the thing that I don't like is the whataboutism. Kyrie's wrong for what Kyrie's wrong about. Jerry Jones needs to be dealt with and talked about in the context of that photo and all the stuff that's transpired with Jerry Jones and his football team and his dealings and all this other stuff and hiring practices and all that stuff. That's a separate issue. I don't want to do the whataboutism. Okay? That to me, that doesn't do anybody any good. So I don't agree with LeBron James there. I just don't. So that part I didn't like. Secondly, LeBron James is 100% right. He has power and he has a massive platform. LeBron James can talk about whatever he wants to talk about and bring light to it and voice his opinion. He doesn't necessarily need media members to ask him questions. He has his own show, The Shop. They can devote an entire episode talking about Jerry Jones 
and he can get it off his chest. And those specific reporters are NBA reporters. They don't have to ask you about every single thing in the world outside of the realm of the NBA. That that's not that's they don't have to do that. They could do that mm-hmm. because they know that once upon a time he was a big Dallas Cowboys fan. They know that he doesn't support the Dallas Cowboys anymore. They could so it's not on them to 24/7 ask him about everything. Do we do I expect that they're going to walk in next week and ask him about his thoughts on NATO? No. So that's that's not necessary. And and if it's well, why did they ask him about Kyrie? He played with Kyrie. Him and Kyrie are tight. So everybody knows that. So I, I disagree with him there. But this is the bigger point, though. And this is the point that I think a lot of people are missing. Is that Jerry Jones and the NFL, nobody has addressed the big elephant in the room is that when there are scandals, when there are salacious headlines with the NFL, these owners don't talk about it for the most part. Jim Ursay talked about Daniel Snyder. Other than that, you don't hear a peep from them. Yeah. Why has why has Robert Kraft not came out and said something about the Jerry Jones stuff? Why has Daniel Snyder not talked about Jerry Jones? Why is none of this being discussed on a bigger level in NFL circles? Why? I just feel the, the, the NFL, to me... It's one of those, well, it, it happened, you know, what, 50, 60 years ago. It's you been know? swept under the rug. It, it has. And to me, it's almost like the statute of limitations. Okay, it's what you did when you were young. You know what? We move on. It's it's about the shield. It's about the money. Nobody's going to care in the NFL what Jerry Jones did. And that's the problem. Yeah. You cared about when Colin Kaepernick took a knee. So now you mean to tell me, keep that same energy. We hear that all the time. Keep that same energy. Yeah. Keep the same energy you had when Cap was taking a knee. Have that same energy for Jerry mm-hmm. Jones. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can wash in one hand and crap in the other, and you know which one's going to fill up first. I, I, I think the Colin Kaepernick thing to me, it's like they've all, they've they've forgotten about that. And like you do the you know all of this social justice. I feel like you know the end racism on the on the helmets. I don't feel like the NFL is really all that invested in wanting to actually do right for that portion of their community. But to me, it, it almost seems like when you're talking about you know, Jerry Jones and why LeBron isn't being asked about this, it's almost – I got the impression, like that LeBron almost felt like there was a double standard. Why yeah. are you asking me about Kyrie, a black man, but you're not asking me about a powerful white man in Jerry Jones? Is that – so it's it's is it it's more No, I think I think that he was the double standard that he was talking about was why is it that when there's an African American athlete mm-hmm. of influence that does something wrong that I have to feel questions on it, but when somebody of another race does something inappropriate, because they both did something yeah, the, inappropriate. The, the, the double standard. That, that's that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying the double standard is in his mind. But to me, that's not it's it's I don't do the whataboutism, man. Yeah. Do you, do you, hyper- and, and, and do I think that there are double standards? No question. Oh, absolutely. Do I think that there's a double standard here? Mm-hmm. No question. But 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 it came across in a way in which it's almost like he's allowing Kyrie to be off the hook. Yeah. Let, let me ask you, if, if this was a, a an NBA owner, um, a white NBA owner that did this, 
Do you feel like it would have been brought up to LeBron because without question? Okay, because Jerry, without you know, question. NFL without is, question. Okay, okay, without question. But I, I guess the question would be this though, and this is the point that I'm trying to make to be clear for everybody. Has anybody asked Tom Brady his stance on Jerry Jones? Has anybody asked Aaron Rodgers his stance on Jerry Jones? We asked Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers wants to talk about vaccines. Has he talked about Jerry Jones? Nobody's going to ask. Come on now, talk to me. Yeah, nobody's going to ask them, why would you ask LeBron something that you wouldn't ask one of the high-profile players in the NFL? Yeah, I mean, it's the message is right there. The the underlying subliminal intent, it's it's there. It's definitely there. Take a break. Final segment of the Lake Show next. All right, the final minute here of the Lake Show. I guess I'd ask you, Chris, do you agree with my take about the whole LeBron James thing? Like, I, I just, I'm not saying that he's necessarily wrong, mm-hmm. but I think the bigger point is, is that, the Jerry Jones stuff has been swept under the rug. It really has. Like, it, it's been talked about, but it's not been talked about in a way in which he's had to take ownership of it. No, like, it, like Jerry not. Jones should have to get out and be asked tough questions about it. Yeah, I I just, I don't see it happening right now at this point. I just feel like too much time has passed. But it's not about, and, it's, it's not about that. No, I, I, I agree. But it, it's, it feels like, I think people look at LeBron as like, okay, you're kind of like the spokesman, you know, for, you know, for racism, for equality. Like you're, you're the highest profile athlete that will go out and speak on it. And I feel like it's just, you know, people are asking him, it's like, hey, if anything else, let's just go to LeBron. Let's but they haven't, though. And that's what he's saying. They yeah. haven't asked him questions about it. And beyond that, that's the problem with race relations. It shouldn't be on black athletes to talk about it. Why doesn't Aaron Rodgers, why doesn't Tom Brady, why doesn't other people have to step up and talk about this? Don't want to get the don't want to get the cash cow in the NFL in trouble. Nah, it involves all of us. All right, just gonna wrap it up. Full show tomorrow night. We'll talk to you then. Lake show right here on the Good Neighbor. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.